Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. We are so happy you've decided to listen today. We hope you enjoy this episode. This Sunday, we had the honor of celebrating our wonderful high school graduates, and we heard a wonderful message from Brother Cade Hendrick entitled, Walking in His Will. This is such a powerful message, and we hope you're encouraged today. We're going to read from John 14, verse 1 through 6. Actually, we're going to focus on verse 5 and 6. If you look at verse 5, it says, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? It's very fitting for this time in many of our young adults' lives, our young people's lives. Lord, what is the way? How can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way. I am the truth and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Would you bow your heads and pray for God's anointing on me and on this service. Jesus, we love you. Lord, I ask for your anointing today. I ask for your hand upon me as I preach. Lord, I pray use me. God, today, Lord, I pray for your anointing upon this congregation, for your power to fall. God, for your will to be done in this house today. Lord, let the word, God, fall upon good ground, upon our hearts today. Let it minister to us. Lord, let us leave here encouraged in the Holy Ghost. Lord, Let us leave here strengthened by your spirit and by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. I want to preach to you for just a moment about walking in his will. And as I begin to read these scripture texts, it may not completely make sense in the beginning. But by the time we get to the end of of this message, you'll understand where we're going with this message today. Amen. Amen. We're going to talk about walking in his will. And if you look at our scripture text today, I begin to study for this service. I begin to pray over our seniors and I begin to pray over our church as a whole. And the Lord dropped this in my spirit actually a couple of weeks before I was asked to preach this service. And as I began to pray, I really felt impressed that this is what the Lord wanted me to preach today. And as I begin to look at the disciples and Jesus in this passage of scripture Thomas is talking to the Lord and the Lord is conversing with his disciples and it's in between of time where he is in between the Last Supper and he is about to go to trial and be crucified. And he's about to hand off everything that he's been doing on the earth to his disciples. It was a time of transition. And he tells them just a few verses before, he said, I'm going away and you can't go where I'm going. And you can imagine how they felt when their leader, the one who was doing all the miracles, the God of all glory was saying, I'm about to go away. You can imagine the uncertainty that they felt in that moment. And there's some discourse between Jesus and his disciples as he's preparing them to take on the responsibility and the future uh, of their future and of the ministry and the call that he has upon their life. Jesus speaks these words to his disciples between the Last Supper and his arrest and trial, which ultimately led to his crucifixion. 
And as I said in the previous chapter, he had just told them, he said, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me. And as I said in the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. He said, I'm about to leave this earth. Amen. And he was about to be glorified. And we can look backwards today and know that he was talking about a spiritual kingdom that he was about to set up. Amen. But if you are the disciples in their place, they didn't quite fully understand what he was talking about. All they knew was that he was leaving and that he was going away. And it was a time of change. A time when life would be drastically different for his beloved twelve. And a time when everything they had been taught would be tested in the real world. Amen. Amen. Any graduates feel that way? Everything you've been taught, the real world's on the way. And I promise you, get ready. The real world's on the way. Amen. Amen. Congratulations in graduating high school, but life is coming at you fast. Amen. In Jesus' name. It was a time when everything they had been taught and been prepared for and tested about was about to be tested in the real world. It was a time of Jesus commissioning them and transferring power and responsibility to them to do what He had called and prepared them to do. They were on the threshold of their entire future and their ministry. Everything that He had been preparing them for was about to take place. He was about to send them out into the world. They were on the cusp of everything that God had planned for them. They were in an extremely pivotal moment today, and I know that many of our seniors today, over the years of youth pastoring, I have recognized the importance and the seriousness of this time because this is an extremely pivotal time in every graduate's life. It's a time when they are beginning to make decisions on their own. It's a time when they're starting to step out of of the comfort zone of everything that their parents have provided for them and the security of of everything that the church has provided for them. And they're beginning to make decisions on their own. And in a pivotal moment when Jesus was letting his disciples know it's almost time for you to step into this role, he also let them know, I'm about to leave. I'm about to be gone. And in a pivotal moment, he says this and And there was a moment of uncertainty in their minds. They were, like I said, on the threshold of everything that he had for them. And and many different decisions can be made in a pivotal moment. Amen. And in a moment of uncertainty or in a time of change. Has anybody ever been in a time of change before? Or have you recognized those life-defining pivotal moments? Amen. In your lifetime where you know in the, the decision I make in this moment can make the difference for my eternity and the threshold of what's happening in my life. Amen. And there were many different decisions made. There was a, a moment of uncertainty at a pivotal moment. The disciples were faced with feeling like they were going to be on their own and feeling like that they were uncertain. And as we look at that example, many decisions were made, many different decisions Amen. If you look at each disciple, they begin to respond to Jesus a little bit differently. And Jesus, who knows what decisions we'll make and and what we're faced with, is, is telling them, I'm about to go away. And as we reflect on ourselves, many times I believe we feel like we know exactly how we'll respond in a crisis moment. Or in a time of uncertainty. But who knows until we get in that moment. It's time and time again been proven when you get in that moment things are different. There's pressure that you didn't feel before. And you're not sure exactly what to do. You're not sure exactly which way to go. And in this uncertainty that the disciples were facing. Jesus makes a very bold statement. Because just a moment ago he said I'm leaving. And you can't go where I'm going. But then he says to them you know where I'm going. 
and you know the way. And this is what he said to Thomas just before. He said, and I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. And he says to them, where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas responded one way and Philip responded another way. And Judas responded a different way. And Peter responded a different way to that moment of uncertainty. And Jesus says, you know where I'm going and you know the way. And Thomas, let me talk about how he responded as one uh, that we often consider as a doubter. He actually showed a little bit of humility when he responded. He said, Lord, I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to admit my ignorance right now. Lord, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way is literally what he said. He wanted to know the way to the destination and he was inquiring of God in this moment of uncertainty. God, how I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. How shall I know the way? And if we look at Peter, he was a little bit different. Amen. Peter had a little bit different personality. He was somebody that maybe enjoyed being in a little more control of everything that was going on. Amen. That type A personality. Amen. And he said, Lord, you don't have to show me the way. You just tell me where and I'll figure out how to get there. He said, Lord, I, you know what? Lord, you, you just tell me where. He said, I'll follow you anywhere right now. And the Lord said, okay, Peter, you think that's what you're going to do? He said, no, Lord, I promise you, I'll lay down my life for you. I'll cut off a guy's ear when he comes to arrest you. I'll do whatever it takes. You just tell me where to go, and I will figure out how to get there. He wasn't concerned about the way. He said, just tell me where, and I'll make my own way. Amen. But it wasn't very long later when Peter was faced with the reality of Jesus being gone and the reality of someone confronting him, all of that confidence. It was gone. It was gone right out the window, and the Lord said, Oh, verily I say unto you, before, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times, Peter, and you're going to learn that it's not your own way. You're going to learn that you can't make it happen, that it's not up to you in and of yourself. Amen. There's Peter. I know you think you know, but I'm just telling you right now, when you're faced with the uncertainty, you may respond a different way. And Thomas said, Lord, what is the way? And Peter said, Lord, you just tell me where. But then we saw how Peter... And in his moment of uncertainty, how he, he turned his back on God and he rejected him. Philip responded, and perhaps with a little better understanding that Jesus was talking about spiritual things rather than a physical place. He, he wanted to see the physical proof of the Father. He said, Lord, just show us the Father and it will suffice. I'll believe it if you'll just show me. If you'll just roll back the scroll of heaven. And prove to me, show me everything so that I don't have to walk with faith. So that I can see, I can walk by sight. Amen. How many have ever been there in that moment of uncertainty? You're like, Lord, I wish you would just roll back the heavens. I wish you would just show me exactly what's going to happen. I wish you would just tell me exactly what's going to happen and which way that we need to take. Show me the Father because if I can just see it, I know that I won't have to live in a world where faith is required and where I've got to trust you. Amen. Listen, they responded differently, but they all responded in a way that wasn't quite right. And of course, we know that Judas in the moment with Jesus, when Jesus tried to declare his identity, Judas did not believe him. He said, you're not who you say you are. As a matter of fact, he went and he completely betrayed him and he sold him out. Amen. And we know that it was part of the plan of God and what God was planning to do so that he could be glorified. But in the moment, they did not know what to do and they were questioning and they were insecure and they were going through a time of transition and a time of change. But then Jesus begins to talk to them and respond to them and it opens up a discourse between them and Jesus begins to answer 
Because when Jesus made the statement, you know the way, he wasn't trying to confuse them. What he was trying to do is make them aware of their own ignorance. You know the way. You know exactly what's going to happen. And when they begin to think about it, they realize we really don't know. We don't know exactly what to do. Has anybody ever felt like that before? I do not know what tomorrow holds. You ever been in a situation with God? I do not know what to do. But then Jesus begins to answer. He was only making them aware of their ignorance so he could bring them a revelation. He was about to drop on them a revelation of his identity and who he was and in his person and in his, in his manifestation as a person on the earth, as a being on the earth. And he was about to reveal to them the fullness of who he was again. And he said unto them, you know the answer. And when they responded, we don't know the answer. He said, I am the answer. He said, you're looking for the way, but I am the way. He said, you're looking for the truth and what to do, but I am the truth. And I am the life. And everything you need, you're going to find in me right now. So even though you may not think you know the way, you know the one who knows the way. And because you know the one who knows the way, you know the way. And he's going to be with you. And he's never going to leave you. And he's not going to let you fall. And he's not going to let you falter. Jesus said, I am the fullness of everything that has been and is and will be. And if you have me, then you have enough. Come on, somebody. We need to get a hold of the fact that if we have him, we have enough. (laughs) Graduates, no matter what you're faced with, when you have Jesus, you have everything you need. Hallelujah. You have enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may not understand the way. You may not understand the trial. You may not understand the confusion. You may not know what tomorrow holds. I don't know about you, but I can't see tomorrow. I know what my plans are for tomorrow, but I don't know what's going to happen. But I will tell you right now, I rest in knowing that I know the one who holds tomorrow. I've got enough because I've got him. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And in those three phrases, he gives some advice that I want to try to share with you today, seniors and everyone in this room. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Amen. And I want to talk about him when he said, I am the way. I begin to question, Lord, what do you mean you are the way? You are the way for us. What what are you referring to when he says, I am the way? Well, he is the way of salvation. In Hebrews 9 and 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. We could not get to where we needed to be, but he literally became the way by his own blood, and he paved a way so that you and I could come to Calvary and so that our sins could be washed away. When he was telling them, I am the way, that's what he was saying. I am the way in redemption and I've made a way for your sins to be forgiven. And he was the way that was mentioned in Isaiah 35 and 8. It says, and highway shall be there and a way it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. And he's talking about the redemption of Zion in that scripture text. But he is the highway of holiness. He is the way that we approach unto eternity with him. Amen. Jesus is the one mediator. And Jesus was saying, thirdly, by his doctrine and example, 
He teaches us our duty. By his merit and intercession, he procures our happiness. And so he is the way. In him is the fullness of the Godhead. The place where God robed himself in flesh and where we are brought together with him. We could not get to the tree of life in the way of innocency. But Christ is another way to it. Amen. By Christ as the mediator, it is settled and kept up between heaven and earth. The angels of God ascend and descend. Our prayers go to God and His blessings come to us by Him, that one and only name, Jesus. Amen. The disciples followed Him and Christ tells them that they followed the road. And while they continued following Him, they could never be out of the way. I'm just telling somebody today what you need to do is you need to recognize that He is the way and that there is no other way and you need to put Him first. We need to elevate Him in our life. We need to elevate Him in our homes. We need to lift Him up and we need to say, Lord, there is no God like you. There is no one like you. There is no philosophy. There is no ideology of man. There is nothing that compares to you. He said, I am God and I am alone and there is none else beside me. And if you will call on me, I will answer. And as he's speaking to his disciples, he is saying, I am your answer. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm just telling you right now, there's so many people that walk around looking for doors in their life and want an opportunity to open, and Jesus is just standing there saying, I am the door. I am the door. You look for me, and I will take care of all that other stuff. I'm not looking for doors. I'm looking for Him. I'm looking to see His face. I'm trying to exalt Him and elevate Him in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we do that together for just a moment? Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody, you need to elevate him in your home. Come on, make him the center of your household, mom and dad. Graduates, when you go to college, make a place for him in your dorm room. Make a place for him in all of your social life. Don't let anything be more important than him. Make him your number one priority. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Come on, somebody. Let's elevate him. Let's honor him by approaching his word with humility and by saying, God, your word is my strength. I will obey your word. I will respond in obedience to your authority. And you are alone my source of salvation and strength. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. There is no one that can do what Jesus can do. And the first thing you need to walk out of here with today, graduates and church, I want to share with you, is that there is no one else to turn to that can do what Jesus can do. I believe in all the practical things and all of those things, but there is nobody like Jesus. There is nobody like Him. Amen. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's the one that makes water flow from the rock in the wilderness. Amen. And Jesus told him, he said, I didn't just tell you this because I want you to feel afraid. He said, I told you this because I want to give you a revelation. And here's what's about to happen. He said, I'm about to leave, but I'm about to send my comforter in my spirit. (laughs) He said, I'm not leaving in the way that you think. You may think that I'm gone in my physical presence as a man robed in flesh, or as God robed in flesh will not be here, but I'm about to send you what you really need. 
He said, if you knew what was coming, you would rejoice because you know what I'm about to do in your life. But this is what he said. He said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things. If you're questioning what to do, if you want to know where to go, then just you need to go pray through. You need to get in the Holy Ghost. You need to get in the Word of God. He said, I'll teach you all things. I'll show you everything you need to know. I'm the comforter. You don't have to be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled in times of uncertainty. I'm the God that knows everything. He said, that Spirit is going to teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. In verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, because I'm about to send my Spirit. And as we know, they went to the day of Pentecost, and they were filled, and today is Pentecost Sunday. My goodness, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost in the upper room and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance and the Holy Ghost dwelled inside of them for the first time in the history of humanity and the Holy Ghost was their strength and the Holy Ghost was their God. Hallelujah, and you have been baptized into that same Spirit today. Hallelujah. So what I'm telling you today is if you got the Holy Ghost, you got everything you need. If you got the Holy Ghost, you and God are a majority. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care how alone you feel. He is with you, and He will help you. He will walk with you, and He will make a way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Let me talk about the role of the Spirit, and then I've got to move on. But the Holy Ghost comes, and the Holy Ghost plays some roles in our life. It's our comforter. It's our strength. It's a paracletus, which means it comes beside, and it helps us. And he said, I'm leaving in a different way, but I'm sending my Spirit, and I'm going to be with you. Every time you have a question, I'm going to help you answer it. I'm going to lead you, not only filled by the Spirit, but led by the Spirit. Amen. Does anybody want to be led? Amen. I want to be led by the Holy Ghost. Amen. But this is that. Amen. That was spoken by the prophet Joel. He said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And that's exactly what happened. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Hallelujah. God's already using these young people right now to win some people. God's already using Luke and using Avery right now. He has anointed them in so many ways to reach so many people. God is working in their life right now. And the Spirit is already giving them giftings. If we read in 1 Corinthians, it says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but by what? The same Spirit. Amen. This is what Jesus was talking about. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For by one is the Spirit of Uh, By the Spirit, the word of wisdom is given. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. And to another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one in the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are 
are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, or whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. And so what I'm saying today is that we don't have to worry about the future if we just drink of that Spirit. Amen. If we will just elevate Him. If you'll just put Him first and let the Holy Ghost lead you. The Holy Ghost is going to take care of everything you need. The Holy Ghost is going to make a way. You can't heal anybody. You can't save anybody. But the Holy Ghost working through you can. Hallelujah. So we just got to be full. We just got to be filled to overflowing and let the Holy Spirit work in us. Listen to this. He also says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, that's Holy Spirit, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, even the Spirit of truth. Amen. So I'm just telling you today, even in your darkest moment, in a time of decision, all you've got to do is find your place of prayer. Find yourself a prayer closet. Find yourself in a place of prayer until you pray through into the Spirit, and the Spirit will help you. I'm just telling you right now, there's been so many times where I didn't know what to do, but if I could find my way to an altar and I could get on my knees and ask the Holy Ghost to help me, He would give me the words to say, and He would anoint me to to do his will amen and even when I didn't know how to pray for what I needed I just got in the Holy Ghost and begin to pray in the spirit and the spirit began to pray through me for me and for things that we didn't even know we needed that's how much he wants you to succeed that's how much you don't have to worry if you'll just walk with him if you'll just put him first hallelujah I want to be filled with his spirit hallelujah hallelujah I know it sounds so simple. You may be seated. I know it sounds so simple, graduates. I know you know this, but I cannot overemphasize the importance of staying in your prayer closet and staying full of the Holy Ghost. If you'll stay full of the Holy Ghost, the battles you fight will be so easy. Amen. If you stay full of the Holy Ghost, you won't struggle as much. Amen. God will make a way for you if you will submit yourself to Him. Amen. He will help you in all of those moments, even when you don't know what to say. And the last part of that scripture says, even the spirit of truth. Jesus said, I am the way. And we just talked about how he is the way. He also said, I am the truth. And I'm hurrying. And then as we begin to study, when he said, I am the truth, why did he say, I am the truth? And I begin to study, and there's a few points I want to elaborate on. He said that I am the truth, and when we think about the word truth, Typically, we would think of the word truth as opposed to falsehood and error. Amen. I want to know the truth. I don't want to know a lie. I don't want to know falsehood or error. And he is that. His word is true. Amen. The Bible says, let the word of God be true and every man a liar. And it's talking about falsehood and error. But he also is talking about truth as opposed to fallacy or deceit when someone intentionally tries to deceive you. Did you know that there is an enemy of your soul that does everything in his power to try to deceive you every day and does not want you to succeed? 
Amen. And I'm going to tell you right now, if we're not careful, that enemy can come in and he can put you in a frame of thinking that is not right and that is not holy and that is not what God designed for you. He can deceive you into thinking that if you're degenerate and your family is all messed up, that you have to be messed up too. But thank God, Azaria, we're breaking those generational molds. Amen. Thank God, Sister Jackie. We're not holding on to that lie anymore because we know the truth. And the truth is that He is able to deliver us and the truth shall make you free. And so knowing the truth is not just about falsehood and error, it's about freedom. And when we understand that if we know Him and if we have Him on our side, come on somebody, if we have Him on our side, we can break every generational curse. We can break every frame of thinking that tries to box us into a future that is not what He designed for us. Hallelujah. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, is what the Bible says. You may be seated. He said, you will know the truth, and it's not just so that you can win an argument, falsehood and error, but it's so that you know that when you're lied to, that you don't have to stay bound by those lies, because those lies will bind you. Those lies will keep you bound, amen. And Jesus said, it's about freedom. You'll know the truth and it'll make you free. But this was revelatory to me as I began to study the word truth. I, I saw that there's another connotation. Oh God, and this is where the miraculous comes into play. And I, I feel it so strong when they begin to sing that song. He said, and let your power do the miraculous, amen. When we begin to study the word truth, it also means that Jesus is talking about truth as opposed to figure and shadow. He's talking about truth as opposed to the things that are not seen versus the things that are seen. And when he said, I am the truth, I am the way and I am the truth, what he was saying is, it's no more a type and a shadow. It's no more just a hint of what's to come. He said, but I am the fulfillment of everything that scripture has brought up to this point. I am the fulfillment of every prophecy. I am the fulfillment. I am the physical embodiment of every type and every shadow. And I know that there are some of you today that have been hanging on to your faith, believing God to do something that you cannot see and believing for it to come into the real world. But I'm just telling you when he said, I am the truth, what he is saying is I am the only one who has the ability to take what is impossible and make it possible. I am the manifestation of your miracle. I am the manifestation of the healing that your family needs. And if you have him, he can do it in your family. If you need to be healed in your mind, he said, I can make it happen. I know the doctors maybe can't figure it out. I know every lawyer maybe can't work out your situation. He said, but I am the physical manifestation of everything that you need. If you will just call on me, if you will just elevate him, if you will ask him, he said, I will make it come to pass. Come on, somebody give him the praise. Oh, has anybody ever had a miracle? Has God ever healed your body? Some of you are a living miracle today because God made a way for you. Hallelujah. 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 I hope you understand what I'm saying today. 
I don't want to get too caught up in these big words and all of that, but I'm just telling you, you keep hanging on to faith and you keep calling on Jesus and you keep putting Him first because He will bring it to pass. It says He's the author and the finisher. Amen. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Father and the Spirit and the Son, all three in one. He is the root and the branch. He's everything that we need and He is the manifestation of it all. You may be seated. I'm coming to a close in just a second. I'm trying to preach to you today to elevate your faith. Graduates, I'm trying to preach to you today to, to elevate your faith, to tell you a few things to do that we know, but that I just cannot emphasize enough that Jesus is everything that we need. He is the way. And He is the manifestation of everything that we would ever need on this earth. And He is the one that made a way for us for eternity. Amen. And His hand is upon our lives. Amen. And so what do we need to do today? Knowing what Jesus was trying to contemplate, what He was trying to say now, when He said, I am the way and I am the truth. He also said, I'm the life. It's where the rubber meets the road. Let's talk about life for a moment. Any adult in here can tell you that just because we live for God doesn't mean everything's going to be just perfect. I just preached really high and we got all excited about that and that He is able and we know that He is, but it doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. Difficulties will come. Amen. Troubles will come. He told His disciples, He said later in another chapter, just right after He spoke to them on this issue, He said, I want you to know that you shouldn't be deceived that if a servant is not greater than his master and if they hate me, they may hate you. And I want to tell you young people that when you go out into the world and you're trying to live this lifestyle, there's going to be people that don't like that you live holy. There's going to be people that don't like that you're trying to live for God or that you believe in God. There'll be people that will accuse you of whatever just so that they don't have to feel guilty about your holiness. Amen. Amen. And as we look at at this part of Scripture, Jesus told them, He said, I want you to know that trouble is going to come. He said, and, and hardship's going to happen, but I'm warning you this way because I don't want you to be offended when it happens. Verse, verse 1 of chapter 16, Jesus says, These things have I spoken unto you, that you should not be offended. If we look at John the Baptist, when Jesus was beginning His ministry, John the Baptist was His forerunner, and John the Baptist was sent when Jesus came on the scene, he, he was sent actually away. He, he began to fade in terms of, 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 of how many times he was preaching a week, let's just say. Amen. He was the forerunner. He was the man until Jesus arrived. And he said, no, he's the man. I can't, I'm not even worthy to unlatch his shoe or to buckle his shoe. I, and, and he said, I must decrease and he may increase. And we see that Jesus is doing miracles and Jesus is doing incredible things. And if you look at John the Baptist, John the Baptist is before long put in prison. And I'm not saying that everything may happen to you this same way, but just know that troubles may come. And Jesus' response kind of surprised me because John the Baptist finally wrote, he confirmed that Jesus was the Son of God two or three times. Verbally said, that's the Son of God. But then when he was put in prison, he started to question in his mind and he, he sent a message to Jesus. He said, are you the one? Or should we look for another? Because Lord, all I was trying to do was your will, and now I'm in prison. <laughs> Hallelujah. You mean just because we live for God and do everything perfectly that not always everything works out perfect? Sometimes. 
And Jesus responded. He said, listen, here's what I want you to tell him. I want you to tell him the blind are healed, the lame walk, the sick are healed, and blessed is he who is not offended in me. You mean you want me to tell John the Baptist who's in prison that you're not coming to get him out and that you are doing miracles for everyone else? And you're not doing any miracles for him, but you're, he did the will of God and you're rewarding him by leaving him in that moment? Who knows? Who knows how he felt? But Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. And I just want you to know that sometimes life will not bring to you every single thing that you think should happen. And I, I don't want you to feel discouraged today. But what you do need to know is that it's not really about this world when you come into that moment of life in that time in life and you've got to understand that you should not be offended if things happen in life because I will tell you I can't lie to you and say that life is going to be perfect and then you hit a bump in the road and your faith wavers in the God that we just talked about he's still the God that we just talked about no matter what we're going through it's just that sometimes he has a different plan and what we have to do is trust in his divine providence and so I submit to you today as they come, get ready to sing, that today, all I want to do is just walk in His will. I just want to know Him. He is the way and the truth, and He is the life. His divine providence is in control. I can't control anything anyway. So why don't we just make Him the center of everything that we do? Why don't we just elevate him and exalt him and say, Lord, I want you to lead me. Lord, I want the Spirit to be my guide in my life. I want the Holy Ghost to be my strength today. I want the Lord to be my strength. And I want to put my trust in you, Lord. And he said if we would, that he would come through for us, that he would make a way. And so I don't want you today to feel like that there will never be bumps in the road. But I do want you to know that there is always a God who is able and above able to do all that we ask or think. And there is always a God who is the physical manifestation of everything that you need. And if for some reason something doesn't happen the way you want it to on earth, he said in the beginning of this chapter that I'm going to prepare a place for you that there is a hope beyond this world. Because our hope in this world is not, is not in this world. If our hope was in this world alone, we would be of all men most miserable. So today I'm not going to put my hands on the wheel and try to control everything. Everything. Today, I'm not going to try to make everything happen my own way. I'm just going to say, Lord, I'm going to put my life in your hands. Lord, I just want to walk in sync with you today. Lord, I just want to put my life in your hands, and I want you to work in my life. Does anybody want to walk in sync with him today? Does anybody just want to align your life with him today in your moment of uncertainty, in your moment of fear if you're looking at the future and you're not sure what to do, graduates? I want you to know, to elevate Christ. Put Him at the very center of your life and nothing will fall apart. Like Pastor said earlier, a well-worn Bible probably means a life that's staying together. Amen. If you will elevate Jesus, if you will put Him at the very center of what you do, if you ever have that question in your mind, Lord, I don't know the way. If you will just exalt Him and know that His Spirit in you is enough, then you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Jesus is going to make a way for you. Jesus is going to lead you. And I feel his providence in here today. I believe there's some families today. I'll just say what I felt in the Holy Ghost. I know we're here to honor graduates. But I believe there are some people here today coming out of major dysfunction in your life today. And I just want you to know if you'll put Jesus in the middle of your life, he will start making it all make sense. 
I want you to exalt Him in your life. Not just one day, not just two days, but every day. A life of holiness is lived one day at a time. As you're coming out of that dysfunction, just put Jesus in the middle of it. Just make it your prayer. I just want to walk in His will. Lord, I just want to align with Your Word. I want Your Spirit living in me, leading me and guiding me. There's some people here today that need healing in their body. And I'm just telling you that He's the physical manifestation of everything that you need. And so before we call on everything else, let's call on Him. Let's elevate Him to that status. Let's make Him the first thing we do when we get up in the morning. Let's make Him the first name that we call on when we need something from Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Such an incredible word we heard today from Brother Cade Hendrick. Hey, if you want to stay connected with us, do not forget to visit our website at calvaryulist.org or visit Facebook or Instagram at calvaryulist. That is calvaryulist, and we cannot wait to connect with you there. Make sure you tune in Friday for an all-new episode covering Wednesday's message, and we cannot wait to see you then. Thank you, guys. God bless.